Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly, fully vaccinated Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Amanda Sowards. We had a lot of fun. Actually, we recorded the show on Sunday. It's Monday today. I'm releasing it. And not only did we talk about politics, we also touched on some existential stuff. It was kind of fun. So before we get into the show, the Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. It's patrons who keep the show going, so I am so grateful for each and every one of you. If you enjoy today's show, visit patreon.com slash start me up. You'll see that I offer a bunch of different tiers, including one that has a much shorter intro and is completely ad free. I do two free shows a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show only by me. Whatever I feel like talking about that particular day, it's kind of like a stream of consciousness. Again, just go to patreon.com slash start me up. Take a look at the different options. You can always upgrade later. You can also find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes slash Apple Podcast Store, become a subscriber because it's free, and while you're there, please rate the show and leave a review. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Amanda Sowards. Welcome back to the show, Amanda. Thank you. It's nice to be back. It's been a while. It has been, and it's. I, I didn't call you Miranda. I always want to call you Miranda, which was my <laughs> kitty. <laughs> so, and she was a beautiful soul. So, <laughs> but Amanda, Miranda. You know, I used to call her Amanda. So it's funny. It's like I'll call you Miranda and her Amanda. So whatever. My freaking brain. I don't even know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been fucking crazy these last few days. I just have to kind of jump on to I was on Bob Seska's because I'm always on Bob Seska's podcast on Friday and I don't mm-hmm. know if you're aware of what happened with did you happen to see what real Rick Wilson tweeted on Friday I did not I was uh, I was so wrapped up in what was going on with the Fifth Circuit and all that stuff that I didn't I wasn't paying attention what did so he basically he did a, an alarmist tweet thread and he said he he was he was saying that he had a source, which this was the this was the part that I got really pissed off about because he had no fucking source. But he like he had a source that he that the one six committee was not going to enforce subpoenas. And long story short, that they were being a bunch of weak fucks and we're all just going to lose democracy, which you know what? I don't know if what he's saying is true. Maybe what he's saying is true, but he's claiming that he's got this source. And so I and a bunch of other people saw this and we were so fucking angry because he's bullshitting. Plus, he's Lincoln Project. And while I like, you know, I want these these like pit bull right wingers on our side. Well, I I guess they're not really right wingers anymore, but still they have that mentality. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course, I want them on our side. I want them fighting for democracy. Uh, but at the same time, we all know people keep claiming, and of course, I'm like arguing. It was me and Sherry Jacobus and Bob and a bunch of other people, and we're arguing specific, not Bob so much with the Lincoln Project, but they, you know, they they didn't show any real um, effect on the election. They, they mm-hmm. I'm sure they got under Trump's skin, and I, but there's no proof that they switched anybody over from you know independent, or like you know right winger to independent or whatever. The, the proof that we have that anybody was affected by action were people like, the, or I should say, the people who affected action were like Stacey Abrams and the grassroots mm-hmm. organizers who were going out. That we have data. And so I think Rick Wilson, you know, Steve Schmidt, who was on the show, and I've already said that he was kind of a dick. Um, he kept saying over and over again that what was important to him was generational wealth. This was back, we found this out back in, I think, March 
when um, Lincoln Project collected all this money and where did it go? And I think they're being a little bit more transparent now. But anyway, so the whole point of this is kind of funny. Um, so we were all like freaking out about Rick Wilson and pissed off. It's like, stop fucking buying into what they're saying. They created Trump and now they're anti-Trump and now they want your money. Don't give them your fucking money. It, you know, he can think whatever he wants. And, he, and then he took a fucking bow. Literally, he took a bow as if he made the 1-6 committee pay attention because they did quote tweet him with the word nonsense and arrows pointing, pointing to his thread. And so mm -hmm. now he's acting like, oh, they're going to be doing shit because of me now. Send us money, Lincoln Project. And that's kind of like the, um, you know, send Lincoln Project. Mate. That's kind of the underlying thing. And so... I was so fucking pissed, you know, all day I was obsessed, literally obsessed with it. I kept replying to people and I was obsessing about it all day and screaming about it on Bob's podcast. So this morning I wake up to this email from this strange dude who said, hey, Kimberly, uh, uh, Rick Wilson accused me of something. I'm not going to be specific, but he said, Rick Wilson accused me of doing X. I have never done anything like it. I hate X, blah, 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 blah. I think you're awesome. Can I please send you $25? <laughs> <laughs> he sent me $25 on PayPal for like going off on Rook Wilson. I just thought that was so fucking funny. <laughs> and you would just rant for free. But here he is paying you. That is awesome. That was really fucking funny. Oh my God. I was just laughing my ass off. I, except well, I'm you, still pissed at Rick Wilson, but whatever. He well, is who he is. The one thing about the Lincoln Project is that my cousin is uh, he's a he's a Republican. I won't call him a staunch Republican. I will say he's a reliable Republican. Right. You know, he will vote Republican in every election uh, up until this past election, and I think mm -hmm. that he really did just um, just hold his nose and vote for Biden because mm -hmm. he hates Trump so much. But my understanding of the Lincoln Project is yes, they hate the, they hated the whole insurrection thing. They mm -hmm. hated everything that was happening around the election. But Lincoln Project is not on our side. No. They do not believe what we believe. They do not uh, support what we support. And and one of the things I think super um, uh, important to kind of always bear in mind is, you know, it's one of the things that I, I like. <laughs> This whole thing that's happening with Kristen Cinema, with Joe mm -hmm. Manchin, with all these, um, you know, dinos, is this concept of because they have a D after their name, um, you, it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you can't get them to vote right. for Democratic issues. Yeah then they're not Democrats exactly. and they're not reliable Democrats. Yeah. And I mean, because they might vote with us on some things, if they're not voting with us on the key things that really right. matter, then really it doesn't matter what, what they have. And, you know, as far as Lincoln project is concerned, I mean, I've had Fred Wellman on the show and right. I've, I've, I've supported not with money ever, but I've supported their message and I recognize mm -hmm. it's good because the one thing that, somebody like Rick Wilson has that most Democrats don't is he does know how to fight dirty. I don't mean fighting dirty, breaking the rules. I don't mean, you know, no, becoming, I know you mean. yeah, but I'm, like yeah. basically not fucking always being procedural and making sure to say the right thing and being concerned and all that shit. It's like, yeah, Democrats have all of that down. <laughs> they're really good with the procedural stuff and they're, you know, good with their strongly worded letters, but we need fighters. We need some fighters and we have a few fighters, but but people, we don't have anybody like Rick Wilson. And I would have, I would prefer to have him um, fighting for democracy 
um, mm-hmm. and I, I honestly don't care if they make money. The, I don't care if they make money as long as what they're doing is good and legitimate. But with Rick Wilson specifically, I mean, a lot of people know and a lot of people don't know this. You know, and he was behind so many, uh, what are those those ads, those negative yeah. ads, basically, negative Willie, ads. Yeah, well, was, was he, no, he wasn't Willie Horton, he but was, he was the, he was mentored by the guy who did the Willie Horton, or he, yeah. Yeah, I think so, Horton and ads. then and then he right. did, he attacked Max Cleland, who is a mm-hmm. veteran, an amputee, and basically the attack ad was something like, that he didn't I don't I can't remember what it was he didn't stand up for America or whatever bullshit but the guy was a fucking amputee he lost I think a leg and an arm or both legs and an arm or something it's terrible and 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 Rick was behind an attack ad on him never apologized now Mm -hmm. I get in politics you know those negative ads say what you want about them you could say they don't work you can say they do work but they're going to happen so mm-hmm. you know we can expect right-wingers especially to do them and go you know that is it works for them it does work for them it may not work for liberals so much but it absolutely works for the right-wingers because it feeds right into their fear but this is who this guy is this his character has not changed he also wrote on instagram the south will rise again this was pre-trump um, so this is where he is, and I just don't trust him. I don't mind if they're fighting, but it's like when I see all these, all these fucking liberals came and defended him, and some were, and I don't know if they were real, but there were some women who took such an attitude with me as if I was like bitter by him. It's like it's not, it's not about being bitter. This is fucking politics, and 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 all these, you know, like liberal women are coming on acting like they're his girlfriend and defending him. Right. It's really weird, and so it's like I don't know if they're legit. Or if they're just, you know, trolls. trolls but it's like, right. don't give them fucking money. Don't, mm-hmm. they, please, people, if you love the Lincoln Project, sure, share their fucking tweets and all that if they're against, whether it's Ted Cruz or any of them. But don't give them money because they don't have your back. They are all about themselves. Oh, just right. that fucking day. I swear to God, Friday was one of those days where it was just like, I got into total obsessive mode. And I know Bob did too. And so did Sherry Jacobus. We're all totally obsessive. <laughs> it's like we had to answer each and every person. <laughs> like It was just like, <laughs> oh my God. And then finally on Saturday, I was like, whatever. I finally just stopped giving a shit. Because I thought I said what I had to fucking say more than once. And I'm just, right. I can't fucking say it anymore. So it was just, it was totally. Um, but now here's the thing. They issued the subpoenas. And so far we have not seen arrests. Now I'm not, that's not a criticism. It's an observation. I'm curious to see what will happen this week. What do you think is going to happen this week? Well, I don't the, – the, here's the thing. I know that – I think they issued four subpoenas, if, if memory serves. I think it was four subpoenas, wasn't it? I think and so. And two, two of the people they subpoenaed are currently working yes. with DOJ yes. and, the, and the Senate committee to – to i don't know what they're working with i mean but that's what that's the the basically the word is that they're they've they have responded currently there i i imagine that what they're trying to do is schedule a time when they'll mm-hmm. come in to testify and ha- and the conditions yeah. under which they'll testify will they testify in private will they testify in public will it be a public dep- i mean it will be just like a deposition so i think that's what they're working on and i can't remember the two i think one of them was Mar- uh, mark uh meadows. mark meadows Meadows. Yeah, I think I think Meadows is. is and it, then is the other Patel? guy, Patel or whatever his name is. is yeah. Him? And okay. then oh, I I have to kill a cat and it's going to be sad. Um what? 
my cat. She's oh, 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 my yeah. And destroying no, no. everything. We love Sorry. Him. I have to go kill a cat. It's just, um, it's going to be sad because I'm going to miss her because I love her. But, you know, she's got to go. Um, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. No cats were harmed in the making of this podcast. It's a joke. <laughs> but, and I can't remember. And then, then the third person, I don't remember. I know Bannon just flat out. Yeah, he won't do it. Said no. I'm not, you know, yeah, the I'm king not of chaos isn't going to show up. What a fucking shock. Yeah. Well, and um, I was just like, and so basically what I wrote was, does this movie get to go ahead and arrest him again? <laughs> no, please. And put him back in jail. But, and I'm sure that that's definitely on the table. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. This is like when you issue these subpoenas, people don't just automatically like send, you know, send the cops out. Like, right. Like, law and order and yeah. arrest people <laughs> it takes it takes time yeah you know there's a subpoena and then there's an arrest warrant and then it I you know there's a vote too government. i think there's a there has to be a vote before they can send out an arrest warrant i think the what? i don't know if it's the senate or something aj delgado did this whole tweet thread on like hello people Stop assuming that we're just going to say, you know, the second yeah. Bannon says no, a cop shows up at his door. No, it doesn't I, work that way. I know. That's, but see, that's what people expect because yeah. they've been watching way too much fucking television. <laughs> so it's like, no, that's not how it works. And and I think that it's um, you're also just use your head. You're dealing with yes. the federal government here. Yes. You know, <laughs> we can't even please, you know, we just. <laughs> we can't even get them get them to like vote on anything in the senate yeah. in the congress so yeah it's going to take a bit it's going to um, take but a bit, i yeah. and i also think that i mean this whole idea that you subpoenas uh they they definitely want to try to work with people if they can mm -hmm. now i think mm -hmm. they issued the subpoena to bannon knowing that he would say no right um but then there, uh, there was something with the third guy and i don't remember what the situation was but um it, it it's not oh they haven't been able to find him that's, that's right that's right he's just gone yeah. missing it's is it it's not pasobiak it's dan scavino that's it scavino yeah. and they have not been able to find him right which i think is kind of bizarre yeah. it's like Hey, clearly he was not vaccinated for COVID, or they would be able to track him. See, see, this is why. Oh my God! Yeah, they just have to throw a bunch of spoons in the air, and it would just like land on him, and we could find him. Right. And you'd be able to track him from outer space at that point. Oh my God! It's just so fucking crazy. You know, I, I keep going back and forth on being completely fucking terrified thinking maybe we've got this and I don't even know where to land like on on one day I'm just like oh my god I gotta get a stomach ache I feel sick to my stomach and the thing is is like I I have said to myself like over the summer all right this fall is gonna be awesome because I love fall and there's gonna be all these new shows and they're all coming out now like I watched the Sopranos movie and I'm watching the morning show and Goliath and you know there's a whole bunch of new things coming up and I'm excited about that and I know I'm gonna be able to watch all my fun shows and do my fall activity stuff pretty relaxed in considering the political climate we're in but next year I'm, I already have a stomachache about next year. <laughs> I know, but see, don't don't get an ulcer yet because you've got time to go, and yeah. and then you'll be like, and you'll be dead, and you won't be able to find out how it all turns out. Um, it's going to be scary, yeah, and it's going to be very very close, and yeah. we may very well lose the Senate majority, 
Um, I don't think we'll lose a majority in the House. But, I mean, here's the thing. Or we may not. Yeah. I mean, you know, it could go either way at Mm -hmm, this point. mm -hmm. The fact is, you know, I don't know what's – we don't know what's going to happen. And right now, this minute, we don't have control over that. Right. Because that's not the election that's being run. Mm -hmm. Um, I think – one of the things that sort of encourages me is it feels like, in spite of all of our hazari over these subpoenas, that um, we seem to be starting to move away from purity tests. Hmm. I, in the way, you remember, we, I mean, we just were all about yeah. that, like, three or four years ago and it's like after trump it was like purity yeah. test, <laughs> <laughs> if, if he's not a criminal we'll right. vote for him yeah. you know if he can't be if he's not a felon <laughs> and a rapist right. we'll totally vote for him you know and maybe even if he is a rapist we'll vote for him like, you know bill hashtag bill clinton <laughs> right exactly but um you know i don't know i mean i i don't know how it's going to work out and i don't know uh it's really hard to tell right now i've been kind of popping into five uh 538 at this point to sort of see what they're saying about how mm-hmm. things are shaping up but even they're not really no. talking about it yet other no. than in the most general terms. well and they you know what unfortunately because of i guess because of the cheating and shit it's it's been tough for pollsters and mm-hmm. you know there's cheating and then I mean, obviously, the last several elections that we've had have been, you know, in in Democrats favor. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. You know, it's 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 just tough to tell right now. It's tough to tell what's going on. And now have you seen there was a woman at the Trump rally who talked about how she's expecting a civil war? Have you seen that's Uh, gone viral? I have not. I have not seen her particular tweet. I, I believe that this is the new rumble. Yeah, well, and you know what's interesting is a friend of mine and I were talking back when Bush was president, and we were saying, maybe even, maybe it was not, I can't remember if it was starting with Bush, but for sure while Obama was president, we agreed that it looked like at some point there might be a civil war. And the reason we thought that was just because of the right-wing reaction to Barack Obama. And then, I, you know, I think that was, of course, ended up to be Donald Trump. And now right-wingers are talking about it. And I, and I truly have to wonder, and it's funny because I did have uh, altercation with a, a guest. I talked about it on my patrons-only show, but I had somebody who was on my show, and we were recording, and we got into a disagreement. She didn't like what I was saying. It, it went against her theory, and she started fucking scolding me, and I never aired it. But one of the things was she said that if, there had, if the coup had been successful— that there would be people marching in the streets. And her theory um, basically was that George, you know, everybody came out for George Floyd. And I said um, that I thought people might be afraid to, if the coup had been successful, people might have been afraid to come out because they might have been afraid that they'd be killed or arrested. And this really pissed her off. But um, I mean, I still when feel you say that people, way. People, do you mean people on the right or people on the left? People on the left. If, okay, if, if the sue if the coup was successful i you know right. the idea is people on the left would come out and scream and and march and i don't know i don't maybe they would i don't know yeah um but i don't I, either i but but you know i mean I, I thought that the response to to trump's uh election was quite heartening mm-hmm. um, yes you know immediately thereafter but there was 
there was no danger involved in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I see your point. It's like if the other side had won, I mean, if the other side won, it's, if, if, if the insurrection had happened, it would have been scorched earth. Mm-hmm. Because that's their strategy. That's their mm-hmm. mantra now. Burn it yeah. down. Yeah. It's like till there's nothing left and mm-hmm. we'll just start from scratch. I'm like, um, uh, okay. I mean, if that's really kind of, you just wake up and choose violence, I, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but I, I mean, I see your, I, I agree with you. Um, I think she's being awfully optimistic. Um, I, I, I don't, I like to think that if there's a civil war, it's hard to tell. Um, the truth is the, the military was not as behind Trump as Trump thought, right. thought they were. Yeah. And um, so here's the thing. In order to win a civil war, you would need your own military. Mm-hmm. The reason that there was an actual civil war is that the South, the Confederates, had their own militia mm-hmm. slash military. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were fairly well ordered and fairly well trained, and mm-hmm. they were Southern soldiers that were the United States soldiers. Mm-hmm. Would we have that kind of um, response uh, now, or would it be much more of a national a national response? The fact is, military leaders generally aren't weren't landing on the side of the far far right because it's not in their best interest. <laughs> so. I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, civil war, people have been screaming about civil war for a long time. Mm -hmm. I don't see that happening. Well, I certainly don't think it's, I think if there is one, it would just be a new version. It's not going to be like 1800s where we're out in the field shooting with guns. Obviously that's not going to happen. Although I think some of these right wingers want that to happen um, because they've got their guns and they're so fucking clutched to them. Or, you know, they're clutching their guns so hard and, and they're so desperate to shoot at people. And but, you know, I mean, it's hard for me to tell what would happen because, like, let's say, let's say the worst case scenario unfolds. And in 2024, you know, Biden wins, but they decide that who, if it's going to be Trump or whatever, they decide they're going to have the electors decide. They put in enough people in place that they're going to do it and then they're going to take over. How let's just say that coup succeeds this time around um, because they're not going to fucking stop. I will agree with Rick Wilson that a fail uh, that a failed coup attempt that goes unpunished is basically just training. I do agree with that. Um, well, yeah, I think we all agree. with Yeah. That. Absolutely. Um, but uh, but it's like, you know, I don't know what it, and you're right, because it's like it would really depend on if the military stood behind the, the people going for the coup are they going to stand behind the right-wing extremists or what because you know i mean are we going to show up in my and is marching in the street really going to do anything what marching did in january 2017 uh it didn't obviously it changed nothing in the immediate but it inspired some people to run for office a lot of women ran for office a good amount of those women won and Mm -hmm. it also just inspired us to pay attention Everybody, you know, if you hadn't been paying attention, you the fucking world marched. It was amazing. Right. And, yep. you know, it, it made us wake up. And I think it kept, you know, with everything happening in the course of those two years, 27, 2018, by the time the midterms rolled around, we were 
were we were feeling abused we were afraid and so we showed up to those midterm elections and and that's what marching did marching you know i've heard people criticize marching and say nothing really happens i do think it's important it it makes people feel inspired it makes us feel like okay we've got numbers we've got you know a base here that can make a difference marching itself does nothing outside of that well no it doesn't but i mean protest does nothing beyond protest right in other than the what you were saying is the inspiration of it but you and i have talked about this before biggest number one problem in 2016 was what white women mm -hmm. <laughs> white women stayed home yeah not that they voted for donald trump a right. lot of them just stayed home i don't like hillary clinton mm -hmm. i don't think she's <laughs> and then they didn't vote and right. it wasn't no i mean they didn't expect trump to win yeah so they stayed home yeah and that didn't happen in 2018 and it also didn't happen in 2020 especially in places like Arizona and mm -hmm. Georgia and all of these places that were expected that were sort of sidling up to purple, but we weren't really sure until the mm -hmm. very last minute. God knows. And Georgia was sort of on the fence. Nobody expected him to win Arizona. Nobody yeah. expected him to win Arizona. Yeah. That was, and that was the thing that put him over. I mean, that was a shocker. And yeah. um, the fact that that, even as close as it was that that happened the way that it did was pretty amazing. And that was because people showed up. Mm -hmm. The truth is we say it all the time, but it is the absolute truth. If, if you can get people to the polls, if mm -hmm. you can get people to vote, and this is why Republicans are trying to keep people from voting, make it as hard as possible. If you get people to the polls, Democrats win period. End of conversation. Mm -hmm. That's true. End of conversation. So this is why, and it, and I think that people are starting to get the idea that it's not just presidential elections. You have it's school board elections. It's you know it's your ombudsman and councilman mm -hmm. and whoever you have at your city level. Those elections are important too, all the way up the line, because it's you know. Once you get to a state level and states start saying, well, we just decided we were we weren't going to send our electors that were elected. We're just going to send the electors we want to send. No. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> I mean, we can go ahead and talk about that all day hmm. long, but that's the reason why we want to eliminate the Electoral College. Now, that's not going to happen right now. No, but I, think, I wish. But I think there I believe and this is very Pollyannish. I get it. <laughs> But I do believe that Democrats have awakened. Hmm. And um, I think we need to keep it up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that we need the, what the marching does is bring it to the forefront. And it also and tells it, our leaders what we want to. Well, it does. And it, and in a very public way where mm -hmm. it's not a private secret ballot. Right. And secret ballots are right. important. There also has to be that public outcry and i think that but i i do i think that 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 side benefit of um of marches is that it it invigorates mm -hmm. yes. if you believe that your vote will be cast with a lot of other votes mm -hmm. that you're stepping yeah. up and contributing you're much more likely to participate in the system mm -hmm. when you don't participate in the system is when you feel like your participation doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, And I don't think we're feeling that anymore. Mm -hmm. I think people, especially in Georgia, people were well aware that 
every single vote counted. There were counties that were like 20, the, the difference between 27. I mean, this is why I fucking want to kick Andrew Yang's ass. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I don't even oh, want to go there. Me off. I, I think it's going to be wildly unsuccessful. I will tell yeah, you the truth. I agree. He's and not I, gonna, I, I don't think I was he talking, has enough. Uh, oh. Yeah, I don't think he has enough, um, enough oomph. Wow. Yeah, or oomph to be a spoiler. Right. Well, but you know, Ralph Nader was the dullest oh, man in the history right. of the planet, yeah. and he did fuck up two thousand. He fucked up <laughs> two thousand. Yeah, and I, I, but I, I don't. I mean, this is all talk so far. He's mm-hmm. going to make his own political party. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, the name Listen, of his book. He, he, <laughs> That's he the name of his political but- party. <laughs> He just wrote an editorial like about a week and a half ago about how the presidential election changed him and and how it was sort of a drain on him and blah, blah. I'm like, dude, <laughs> if you think the presidential campaigning was a drag, right. <laughs> try forming your own political party. Yeah, the really. Apathy, <laughs> the apathy that you'll run into. <laughs> yes. No kidding. Yes. Oh my God. And he's so obviously um looking to cash in because his political party is the fucking same as the name of his book. So I, mm-hmm. I, I, this guy, he pisses me off. I, somebody can come like, for instance, I look at somebody like Marianne Williamson and occasionally I agree with what she says. I absolutely mm-hmm. agree with what she was saying about there is like a fucking hate and evil thing happening right now that mm-hmm. people are, are clutching onto and, and, and clinging to and and we've got to do something collectively we ha- we should be doing something addressing that hatred and we're mm-hmm. not basically we're going for a band-aid i believe she's correct i don't believe that that is necessarily going to happen um no matter who the president is including her she says things that i agree with sometimes in fact my friend took me to see her years ago i think it was like back in the late 80s I think we went to AFI. I think she was speaking at AFI. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I was kind of impressed with her. And I thought I liked her because she wasn't overly religious. She talked mm-hmm. about God and spirituality, which I believe in. But, um, you know, she didn't, she, it wasn't from a Christian point of view or a Catholic mm-hmm. point of view. It, was, it wasn't the Jesus thing. It's a morality. It, I mean, she right. basically talks, her spirituality it's is morality. morality. And, but I, but the thing that bugs me about someone like her is that she didn't like the way that Democrats, reacted to her and what she had to say and they also criticized her for oh my god i think she was i'm she was kind of said things that are kind of anti-vax she claims that she's not anti-vax but she said things in the past that are questionable she said things about people who are overweight that's kind of questionable as if it's their own fault in so many cases it's there's a combination and reasons why people are overweight but you know and I understand where she's saying I, I, or where she's coming from to a degree, but I also think I, I know it was mental health too, it's depression, as if mm-hmm. you can just snap yourself out of a depression with thinking correctly. And some people can't do that. It's because some no, people but there's I've a also clinical read her thing. Books and that's not if you read her whole books and her whole philosophy, mm-hmm. really not where she's coming from. I, I think a lot of times too, she like people pull snatches mm-hmm. of lectures that she's given mm-hmm. out of context. Because I know that when I read her book on weight loss and all that, she doesn't really ever blame people. Uh, she doesn't really blame people for being overweight. She doesn't say it's Othello. You know, she really has a, a very strong position on it, but it's mm-hmm. also very complicated. Mm-hmm. And it takes a whole book to pretty much 
describe it. And the same thing with depression. She's she's because she's suffered from depression mm-hmm. in the past. So she's talked about that, and she's talked about how now her way of getting out of it doesn't necessarily involve taking drugs. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily involve uh, weight. Her weight loss doesn't necessarily involve nutrition per se. And you may or may not agree with her stance, but I also think that, I mean, the thing the thing about Marianne Williamson that I like is that uh, when she talked about morality, I mean, when she talks about uh, right and wrong, she believes in right and wrong, mm-hmm. you know? And so she, uh, the, the one thing is, is at least she's walking her talk. Yeah, and I'll give her, I, can, I will give her, except that here's the problem that I have with her. And, and I'll totally go with what you have to say because I have not read her books. Um, but she goes on Fox News when Democrats criticize her. And while she has an absolute right to clap back at the criticism she's getting from Democrats, going on a propaganda network that is, you know, known for lying to the public and creating the environment that we're in now doesn't help. And I, I understand her frustration because she has a certain message that she wants to get out. Maybe that message was taken out of context by people who didn't want to see her uh, in a power, a powerful position. Maybe that's the case, but going to Fox news to complain about it because I've seen Rose McGowan does it, um, you know, and she Rose McGowan basically, you know, has described herself as like a progressive person you know, take out the political context of it, just progressive in that she wants to see, you know, fairness and equality and all that. But it's like when you take, when you take that to Fox News, you're giving them a gift and they are our cancer. They are one of our cancers. They are, in my opinion, one of our biggest cancers. And and that's the problem I have. I don't know that Andrew Yang has done that at this point, but that's my biggest beef with people like Marianne is that, you know, I, 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 because I have a lot of that spirituality, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I genuinely believe, in fact, I spent the weekend and I might be doing a patrons only on this, but I spent the last several days watching all of these videos on YouTube as I fucking do my whole life um, about near death experiences. And it's just a compilation of people explaining what they experienced. And actually it like, Watching all these people, because I probably watched about three hours of it total, um, it, it comforted me and it gave me a new perspective. And it gave me a new perspective that is not in any way ever going to harm me, you know, like, mm-hmm. because I feel like, I feel like for, for the most part, what these people are saying, um, it sounds reasonable to me and it sounds like, yeah, that it resonates with me and I can, I could see that being the truth when we die and I mean it's a whole lot so I'm not going to go into it but um but if it turns out that that's not the case I'm it's not going to hurt me because whatever's going <laughs> to be is going to be you won't know one way or the other <laughs> yeah <laughs> or even if I do know it still won't matter because if it gives me comfort uh as a human being while I'm living right. then you know what harm is that? There's no harm. I'm not forcing anyone to think the way I am. I'm not lying to anybody. Nobody's lying to me. And even if they were all these people, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who have had these experiences and they've been documented, even if they are all fucking lying, again, it's, I won't know till I die and I may not know because who knows what happens. We, we will know when we know. 
And, right. you know, so I look at I look at somebody like her and I actually align more with that way of thinking. But I, I also understand how in our current political structure, somebody like her is never going to break through. No. And I don't believe that her place is in politics. I'm going to be right. really honest with you. As as much as um, I admire and respect her position in terms of her spiritual uh her spiritual leadership and uh, uh, her qualities as a leader, I do not believe that as an elected official she will. Now, you know, do I see her in positions of being, you know, of uh, uh, of leadership in terms of uh, on a lower level, mm-hmm. not political? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. You know, she does it. She has a whole movement. Yeah, she, she talks does. every, she's at the Saban every, or she was at this is it the saban theater s-a-b-a-n i can't remember but the one in hollywood (laughs) right um she's there like on the regular and Mm -hmm. she gives her little lectures and i think it's like every monday night and she has a very strong following and and people buy her books and they believe what she says and Mm i i'm i i'm always interested in what she has to say she's very meditative Mm -hmm. she's very zen Mm -hmm. in her approach she's good She's a, I think she's a good person in her heart, mm-hmm. but I don't know necessarily that those are qualities that make you a great politician. I don't, I'm not saying they exclude you, but those qualities mm-hmm. by themselves don't necessarily make you a good politician. Yeah. There's another side of it. There's a toughness mm-hmm. that she just doesn't have. Right. And I also believe that she's speaking of Pollyannas, she <laughs> believes in the, she le- really does legitimately believe in the basic goodness of humans. Mm-hmm. So she will pick like Fox news with the belief that, you know, deep down inside, they really mean well. Um, <laughs> I, and I believe that, mm-hmm. you know, she's, and it's a naive take that mm-hmm. serves her well as a spiritual mm-hmm. leader, but not as right. a political leader. You have to be savvy about mm-hmm. human nature. Yeah, and that's and, so true. That's so true. Yeah, right. yeah and she and, doesn't have that. She no. doesn't have that. And this is the thing about Andrew Yang too. Andrew Yang thinks he can monetize uh, <laughs> political a political movement. No, uh, no, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, that's what Donald Trump is trying to do. We don't need it. We don't need one of those on our side. Thank you very much. And it's yeah. one of the things I said about Andrew Yang from the very beginning. Businessmen don't necessarily belong in politics no. they're not necessarily good politicians and well but you know he ran a business and he made <laughs> millions of i don't care I that's not it's not the same thing no running a country is not the same thing as running a business no. and i'm so tired of that argument being a, a political figure and we you and i have talked about this as well this is a job and it has a skill set yes and you have the skill set or you don't have the skill set. This whole idea that we're going to just bring in outsiders because we don't want political insiders. It's saying, well, I'm going to go to my mechanic to pull my teeth because my dentist is a polit- is an insider. I don't want these dental insiders. No, I want a dental insider. Yes, I want a dental insider. And I don't want... <laughs> Right. I don't want an I want a gentle insider. Um, yeah, and I don't want a plumber doing heart surgery. So no. you know, I want I want a heart and surgery insider. He may be insider. a great plumber. 
And I am not saying that he's, I'm not saying that Buster Joe is not a great plumber. I don't want him doing heart surgery. He is not a nephrologist. And if I have a kidney issue, I'm going to go to somebody who's a specialist. Oh my God. And that's, that's all that we want. We want political specialists. Yeah, people people like Nancy Pelosi who fucking know what they're doing. You know what? I completely forgot. I have to do an ad. So we're going to break for just a minute and we'll be back real quick. Hey, it's Kimberly. Are you a patron of the show yet? If you're not, it's really easy to become one. So easy. Just go to patreon.com slash start me up. Check out all the different tiers. Choose the one you like and become a patron today. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. And we're back. Okay. So, um, yeah, I just have to say Nancy Pelosi just followed me on Twitter. So, woohoo! <laughs> Stop it! Oh, my God. But you know what happened? Well, now, now I just want to hang up the phone. I'm just mad at you. <laughs> you know I'm what so happened, jealous. though? It's weird. She was following me on Team Pelosi, on the handle Team Pelosi. She had mm-hmm. been following me, and then she unfollowed me. And I was like, Nancy Pelosi unfollowed me. I was so upset. And now she followed me back. So, yay. So she uh, yay. first she was following me, then she unfollowed me. Now she's following me again. So I don't know. I guess I got back in her good graces or she forgot why she unfollowed me. And she's probably not running that account anyway. But um, it was just I was in line at the grocery store yesterday and boom, I, it came up on my phone and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally fucking awesome. I just I love you know what? And I have criticized her before and maybe that's why she unfollowed me. But I've criticized her before. Uh, never attack. I have. I. I bow to her. I think she is fucking amazing. But you know, I mean, I'm gonna criticize because if uh, we all do, that's the whole fucking point of our country. <laughs> but I also also just to point out too, when people are running accounts like that, a lot of times they'll do a massive unfollow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because they're circulating. Yeah. Like you get a certain amount. They're circulating through. And so I don't ever I don't I don't ever think that you should take that personally because a lot of times it's just a matter of like they just unfollow a massive amount a massive, of people. Yeah at one time and and then slowly but surely it all gets added back well i have I, to say though i did get i mean you're right i shouldn't take it personally but the one that really i took so fucking personally and now i can't even fucking think of his name uh chris van hollen i love that guy he actually showed up to the era rally in 2014 i was mm-hmm. so excited i knew he had been invited but uh i guess we weren't sure if he was going to make it and then like at the last minute there he was and so I was, yeah, I have a picture with him. I, I think he's fantastic. And then he unfollowed me. <laughs> so I guess it was say? a mess. On, you know, what the fuck did I say, Chris? If what did I, you do? I don't know. But what if did, I ever. <laughs> maybe, maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was just him, Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> he just wasn't ready to commit. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. It's not you. It's me. Yeah. That's but if smart. I ever, if I ever see him in person, I'm going to be like, Chris. What did I say? I'm on your side, dude. I thought we had something. I thought it was real. I didn't think it was just a summer thing, Chris. Oh my God. It was just, it was so, it was so disappointing. I just loved him. I don't know if you remember when he did that thing. Um, I got it. It was the government shutdown. I think it had to do with the government shutdown. And he, there's a, you can find him on YouTube. Pretty sure that's what it was. And the way that he held them to account was so impressive. And I absolutely fell in love with him after that. And I thought, boy, he would make a great president because he's got he's kind of got that Bill Clinton thing going for him 
without being, you know, hands-on, handsy dude. He, uh, you know, he's he's got that white Southern, you know, the thing that, and, and, and I would much rather see Elizabeth Warren. I would much rather see a woman of color. But I know, I know what works in this country. And unfortunately, men still have a much easier time at it. And if you're looking at it like a, a Southern kind of, I, I wouldn't call him soft-spoken, but he's gentle. He's got a gentleness right. about him. And mm-hmm. I think that reads really well, especially, you know, I mean, I think that Joe Biden was so successful because he had that, he's been there forever and he's he has that kind of paternal, right. grandfatherly uh, figure. And it's like Bob, my boyfriend, has said, that's what America still believes what we need is that grandfatherly paternal man yeah i agree with bob 100 percent. yeah and i mean it's like again i would i would like to see uh having a diverse group of presidents but whatever we're still stuck in a fucking patriarchy and it's just is what it is and uh, i don't know if we're ever i mean i was so excited to see the last the 38th state vote for the ERA, and of course we're in a legal battle and i don't know how that's all going to pan out because after in in the origin in the ERA, it says you know after the thirty eighth state of, is ratified, it's basically two years. So that was the last state was ratified in January of twenty twenty. So that makes January of twenty twenty two two years. And I don't mm-hmm. know what happens when when that is when that passes because I would imagine I we should look that up. Yeah, huh? the, I, I'm sure. I mean, you know what? I have totally fallen out with the era crowd um there's a variety of reasons but i i could easily go ask some people what's the deal um with that but but i would imagine if they don't get if they don't vote on it before that time which i don't think they're going to because i just don't think it's gonna fly right now with everything there's so much shit going on i think that's the last thing they're going to care about sadly um but if let's just say that la, you know lags and and then that's it's then they're gonna then the opponents will say that well that's a deadline that expired as well because that right now we're fighting the expired deadline and i don't know i mean so, yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's before we get all hot under the collar about that though <laughs> that because that's a really good point i don't know like i'm take i'm seeing it from a completely different position as you but either one of us could be right i thought that come hell or high water at the two-year mark after the 38th state it automatically went into effect but you're saying that you think that it's a deadline that needs to be voted on and now well, because that's that, what they're right now the challengers are saying that the that it that it's moot because there right. was a, an expired deadline placed on it, and I think that deadline expired in '82. It was something like '81 or '82. But I think that the that the argument against the deadline was that the deadline itself was not valid. That right. To, that stating a deadline on a on a on a constitutional amendment mm-hmm. that's voted on is, and I think that's their argument. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. That's something the ACLU is going to have to yeah. take up. I mean, that's going to um, have to be there. I know that they're fighting on it right now, and I don't really know where they are. But um, yeah, it's going to be tough because because if they if they stretch it all the way out and we get up to 2022 i don't know then whether it's right or not that will be their argument well this was a deadline and it expired so you guys just keep losing that's i think that would be the right winger approach to mm-hmm. trying to keep the era from going into the constitution because there was 
the I don't remember the number of it. The twenty I think it's the twenty seventh, or the mm-hmm. maybe it's the twenty seventh amendment that was originally written like two hundred years ago, and it had to do something with congressional pay, and mm-hmm. it didn't pass until the nineties. Right. So it was two hundred years. There's yeah, no fucking deadline sh- on that. And I think also just in terms of procedural constitutional law, I don't think, I mean, I think that setting the deadline on how long it takes to pass an amendment, I think the, the um, backers of the ERA are saying just setting the deadline mm-hmm. on when you get that those 38 states mm-hmm. is not valid. Right. That's so what they're that's saying, one yes. of those things that's going to get dragged through court mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. But we have the 38 state but i mean i don't know that at 2022 it automatically expires i i, I don't know yeah, it well, does I, well I it shouldn't but that's what i think the right wingers are going to try to say i think that's sure. going to be their argument well and sure that's going to be their argument yeah. but whether that's going to actually fly be a valid court, yeah a valid argument um, right. I, I will also tell you that i just think it's basically time we need to expand the supreme court oh hell yes <laughs> um, because this is crazy and and i'm i'm just absolutely sick to death of this of all of this you know this bullshit so um <laughs> and by the way we've only we've had nine justices for how long how many more people do we have in this country yeah you know it's like come on let's yeah. get you know we need 11 we need 11 on the supreme court because we have so many different people so many more a bigger demographic right. bigger we're, we're becoming a, a, a minority majority country mm-hmm. you know by 3035 we're already at 2022 mm-hmm. 3035 to somewhere between 3035 and 3050 i think is i mean 2035 and 2050 that's when it's going to flip yeah we don't but you know and it's there are different estimates as to when that's going to mm-hmm, happen mm-hmm. And we don't have a Supreme Court that even remotely no. resembles. No. Uh, I've heard, you know, Greg Oliar was on the show last Monday, and I think he was talking about 80-some Supreme Court justices. But I've also heard the argument for 13 because of there's the there's 13 circuit courts or something. And so, you know, but the thing is, is don't we have – I think – if that's ever going to happen, from from my understanding, Democrats aren't interested in taking that up right now. I think the reason would probably be because they would have a really fucking hard time getting the votes to do that. And they would wait. I think they're going to wait if they're going to do it. And this is my guess because I haven't heard Biden or anybody say anything about this. But it seems to be that like they if they could get a majority majority, uh, then they would do it. Because right now we've got these two fucking assholes holding shit up. But I also don't know that it's uh, simply uh, who makes the decision about that. I thought that was presidential appointment. Am I wrong about that? I'm not sure. um, But I would assume that if we're going to add more people to the Supreme Court, I would assume there would have to be some kind of vote on that. But I don't to expand it in the first place. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know what? That's something I have no clue about. It would be great if he would just start appointing people. That's what I'm saying. But (laughs) but see, it would make him very very unpopular. Yes, it would. Uh, it, it would. It, it would because so, then every president um, would be doing that. So I think that's why it might have to be voted on. I'm not sure, though. But, you know, and I just have to reiterate something Mary Trump said the other day because it never occurred to me. And she made such a fucking good point. Um, she kind of criticized Barack Obama for nominating Merrick Garland. And she said he, he went the safe route trying to appease the Republicans if he had nominated a 40-year-old black woman 
and Mitch McConnell did. I mean, he couldn't necessarily anticipate what Mitch McConnell did, which he could, but why would anybody anticipate that? Um, you know, in February, a Supreme Court justice dies, and you would think, all right, well, we're going to appoint a nominee, or we're going to, you know, put up a nominee. No, uh, the, the Republicans say, no, we're not doing that. It would have been such a bad optic for the Republican oh, Party. Oh, you know Mitch McConnell doesn't give a damn No, but that. No, he wouldn't he have wouldn't given be- a damn, and he still would have done it. But I think what that would have done, um, it would have made so many voters pay more attention to it. I think, you, you know, think I think, so? yeah, I do. Yeah. I think if it were a black woman who was, you know, somebody who was really well liked and well appreciated, I think it would have been because there because there are half the country doesn't vote. And so some of them pay attention to what's going on. You know, some of them, the only news that they're getting is the nightly news at 11 o'clock before they go to bed. And they're getting, you know, me the first 15 minutes before, or, you know, the weather, like my mother watches it until the weather comes on. I mean, of course she gets news from a million other sources, but for some people that's their only news source. And Mm -hmm. so if they, if they were seeing that this was happening, you know, people who don't really pay a lot of attention to politics, but when they, are when something is brought to their attention, you know, that might make them feel one way or another, whether it's, you know, it raged at what the Republicans, I do think it would have been more, it would have been an optical thing. You know what I mean? Like an optics thing, I should say. Um, Maybe. I, I, Maybe. I don't think that it would have meant that that black woman would have gotten into the Supreme Court. I just think it would have made Republicans look worse. And I mean, they keep, they keep, trying to make themselves look worse i know it's almost like a race to the bottom isn't it it's like we don't care i was just thinking about this today because i was just thinking about the whole thing with louis gomer and his new theory about arizona and like i was watching rachel or listening i actually wasn't watching it i was listening to rachel maddow because i can't even watch anymore so i listened to the podcast yeah yesterday i was listening to her friday podcast and I heard Louis Gomer trying to like explain away the fact that they finally finished this massive illegal audit in Phoenix, I mean in Arizona, in Maricopa County. Mm-hmm. And not only did Trump not win the election, but they found like 50 <laughs> right, more votes for Biden. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, okay. <laughs> Let's just keep on having these audits, oh shall God, we? Um, but um, he had some kind of weird, like, I don't even, I can't even, it, it was such a crazy moment yeah. that it was like, it's like they don't care that no, they look crazy. They don't care. They don't anymore. care that it doesn't. That it, you know. Like, oh, and then the space station on the who he was a who to who. I mean, it was so insane, Kimberly. It's like, and oh they God. don't even care. It no. doesn't. You don't have to be sane. No. You don't have to make an argument. You don't have to be rational. That's one of the reasons why it's like I, I don't. Whoever Barack Obama uh, got, he, you. Mitch McConnell would have blocked him and it oh, I agree. he wouldn't have suffered any consequences at all. They don't suffer any consequences for their actions. This is I don't know I don't know how this is going to change in the next few years. Things are things have to change one way or the other. Um I, I personally still think moving to another country <laughs> is on the table. 
<laughs> but I know. You know I think we all kind uh, of think about that. It, <laughs> it's always on the table. I mean, yeah. the truth is, if what you want us, I mean, the fact the, the the struggle to end democracy among privileged white men mm -hmm. is so desperate. Mm -hmm. They're so desperate mm -hmm. and scared and angry that they don't have all the power anymore that they've become very very dangerous and you know this this it, it kills me because this whole thing this new trend now that we're seeing with all of these uh, in, you know these insurgents the insurrectionists who are uh, like pleading oh my my I'm so put upon and I've been shunned by my community yeah. and I can't get a job and, and I don't understand. It's like, Anna, I have so many regrets for that day. Really? Cause that's not what you were saying on January 8th. Right. Uh, we have your tweets right here. Yeah. We have your Facebook posts right here. We have your social media where you said it was the best day of your life. You were so happy to be a part of it. The only reason you're not happy to be a part of it anymore <laughs> Is because you got caught and now there are negative consequences yes. and this is just it kills me it it really does this this the guy who cried in court oh my god mm -hmm. my whole way in my life and i don't want to go to prison no no i'm sure you don't i'm sure you were just some guys who's a small business owner or retiree or whatever the hell you were and you were so happy to um you know to be breaking into the yeah uh, and now all of a sudden that there are consequences and you've been caught yeah they don't like that. and it, they don't <laughs> and it's like they don't like and it's like but it's like almost like they never imagine why well, i just can't even imagine <laughs> right oh, i've been shunned by my community because i I broke into the Capitol building and took a shit overturned the election. <laughs> yeah, and spread shit on the walls. Yeah, I'm just, I'm like, really? Your community didn't support you in that, honey? <laughs> oh, Mary Beth, that's just so sad. I'm shocked too. Really, oh I'm God. actually shocked because I would imagine that the people you came from right. actually support you in that. But it turns out. I underestimated them and I owe them an apology. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to buy them a fruitcake because they get a Mrs. Beasley's oh basket from me because. Oh my God. It's I, just so fucking crazy. We are living in crazy times. It's so insane. And you know, I think about it. My mother once said, you know, she said, you know, Amanda, there, uh, she said, there's never a moment where things get, uh, uh, this was during Watergate. And I think it was about 13 during, uh, well, actually it was during the investigation of water. They hadn't quite come to the hearings yet. There was all the news about Watergate and the mm -hmm. break in and things kept getting revealed and revealed. And then they decided they were going to form congressional committees. And I was like, and they ha were having the hearings. Remember, well, Maybe, you know, you don't remember because you're too young. But <laughs> Well, I kind of um, remember. I remember being three and watching him cry on television, and I cried because I didn't understand. I felt sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> and then watching a grown man cry is yeah. a sad thing. It definitely is. Um, watching a grandpa cry just makes you want to cry. <laughs> yeah, and I did. I felt so sorry for him. 
Although my mother, my mother didn't cry. I was like, shut your mouth and get on the plane. <laughs> well, that's what I'd say now. <laughs> I know, as would we all. But um, <laughs> I asked my mom, because, you know, a lot of stuff happened like one thing right after the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1972 happened, he resigned, Ford took over. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, before Ford took over, Vietnam came to an end and all the MIAs of people, we had our MIA and POW bracelets and all of our guys were coming home. And it was just such a tumultuous time. Plus on top of that, the local thing is we were, you know, there were gas shortages mm-hmm, and, yeah. you know, all kinds of oil embargo. I mean, it was just crazy. It was a crazy, crazy time. The economy was mm-hmm. in the, because because of the Watergate hearings. I don't right, think there were yeah. gas shortages. That was the 80s. But still, the fact is that um, we, you know, I, can't, I said to my mom, is it, when's it going to settle down? When's it going to go back the way it was before? She goes, Oh honey, there is no before. Right. There's never a before you're just, you're just too young. You don't remember. She said, there's always going to be, she goes, there's always going to be tumult. There's always going to be turbulence. It's always in a state of flux. She said, one of the things, and that's when she said to me, the thing about democracy is it's not for, it's not for the weak. Right. It's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. She said, that's why you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And this was one of my very first lessons in politics. She said, that's why you have to read. That's why you can't ever relax. Mm-hmm. You can't relax because it's your job mm-hmm. to stay on top of this. Yeah. That's your job yeah. as a citizen in a democracy, in a republic or a, a you know, a democratic republic right. or a democracy is to stay on top of it. Make sure your leaders are working for you. Mm-hmm. Make sure that they're doing right. And if they're not doing right, vote them out, find somebody who is doing right. And she said, it never ends. This is never mm-hmm. ends. Yeah, it's honey. an ongoing you, thing. You right. came of age yeah. and now you remember. Yeah. And uh, I really never forgot that. My yeah. mother, for all of her wacky problems, <laughs> was very politically astute was one of the most politically astute humans i ever met and so involved and Mm -hmm. so um savvy my mother was also one of those people who you know this we would sit down to dinner and the seven o'clock news would be on and she didn't care that vietnam was being broadcast during dinner time Mm -hmm. she's this is important you turn around you watch this you know what's going on in that country what's going on in our country that's important Mm -hmm. and i don't care if you understand it yet or not Mm-hmm. You need to watch it because wow. this is your job. Yeah. You're training for your job. And I never forgot that. And wow. it still to this day boggles my mind that, you know, I really tried to raise my daughter that way too. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I I never realized how successful I was at that. <laughs> but she's – and she's a little right now a little more middle of the road than I was mm-hmm. – uh, than I am now. Right. But probably not that I was when I was her age. Hmm. But it's mostly, I think, because she's a young mother. Right. And she wants stability mm-hmm. and peace. Yeah. Because she has a son. She doesn't want him going totally. to war. Yeah. And so she has a lot of things to worry about that I didn't have to worry about. Okay. Yeah. First of all, she had after shooter drills when oh, she was right. yes. third grade, fourth mm-hmm. grade. Uh, to this day, I still it boggles my mind that my child Mm -hmm. had active shooter drills and, and this changed, has changed our kids in, Mm -hmm. in indefinable 
irreversible yeah. ways. Um, so yeah, I mean, every generation has its thing, but it never stops. This is never going to stop. Yeah, it's this never is- going to stop. It's always going to, I mean, hopefully democracy won't end and the fight for it will never stop because it's just, it is such a, um, I don't know. It's just like I said earlier, when I started this podcast, it's like every day is different. I, on some days I feel hopeful on some days I I'm sick to my stomach with worry. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do try to take mental health breaks I've been working on myself and I ha- I've been working on this journey now that I've this spiritual journey that I've been going on basically with intentional manifesting, but it goes so much beyond manifesting stupid things that I want. I mean, sure, I want, you know, certain things in my life material, but really what I want is to find some peace. That's why it made me feel so good to listen to these near-death experience stories because everything was about the love. Everything was about the love. And Right. You know, I've heard that my whole life, but because I was not brought up with religion, I mean, I understood it, but I understand it much more clearly now than I ever did. And, you know, I've been on this journey for a long time. I, mm-hmm. I used to, and, and, and I, I think I got on this journey in a fucked up way because what I wanted, I was impatient and I wanted answers basically about my love life and my career. And mm-hmm. so I would call psychics obsessively mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I would like bang them with questions and they never fucking satisfied me but what I there was a few that did and and basically what I came to believe is there is more to life than meets the eye no Mm -hmm. I don't believe every psychic that I've ever called but um but I but I have along my journey absolutely come to the conclusion that there is more to life than meets the eye and so for all the stupid uh you know kind of insecure moments that I relied on other people to answer questions that I wanted answered because that's what I was looking for I was just looking for answers um you know it has brought me to the point where okay now I'm starting to recognize I can't look outward for for people to give me these I have to find them myself and um you know during these times I've I've really were I'm working right now on literally loving myself I just started that and Mm -hmm. it sounds so cliche for me, it's not easy. I have, I said to my mother when I was three or four years old, I looked at her and I said, I'm stupid, ugly, and ridiculous. I don't know where that fucking came from. Nobody in my family ever abused me or mistreated me or told me that. I don't believe I picked it up from school. I, I just have always been very abusive to myself. I've said very abusive things, whether it's about my physical appearance or my ability to do anything. It just, it's always been an ongoing thing. And while I have a certain amount of confidence in some areas, there is just this huge part of me that has been so abusive. And so I'm really working on trying to tap into the love you know, all the shit that Marianne Williamson talks about all the time. Well, you know, exactly. <laughs> and that's, it, I mean, that's honestly the thing that draws me to her. But also, you know who my spiritual teacher was? Hmm. For your listeners who don't know your and my history, um, we met at a Thanksgiving oh, dinner right. given by a very close friend of your mother's who yes. has since passed away recently, yes. um, named Shannon O'Brien, who is was a psychic. Yeah. Shannon... Uh, I was also tarot. She also did tarot. She did. She was very had a very close relationship with tarot mm-hmm. and astrology. And Shannon was uh, very much uh, into spirituality and mm-hmm. and and very much into self love and and mm-hmm. very a very positive spiritual influence in my life. 
So I didn't have to pay. Shannon <laughs> did it for free. And in, and there came there came one point where she had moved to Maui, mm-hmm. and we used to pull cards long distance. Hmm. I said because when she was moving to Maui, I'm like, how who's going to pull my cards? And she goes, I will. <laughs> she goes, we'll get a we'll get a. Um, she goes, and then you'll pull a card, and then mm-hmm. you'll tell me what the card is. Oh, I see. Interesting. And okay. And um, and then she would give me her interpretation of the card that I pulled. Mm-hmm. But there came a time when Shannon was about, I don't know, she must have been in her late 70s at that point. She was she had been ailing. Mm-hmm. Um, Shannon had a lot of health problems mm-hmm. in, just in general. Um, but she said, you know, Amanda, you're at a point now where you don't need, she goes, I can't do that anymore over the phone. I don't want to have that. I seem to have lost it. Hmm. And she said, but she said, I, you can do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. She said, you haven't needed me for a very long time. And I thought that that was really interesting because um, I'm like, but I don't know what any of the tarot cards mean. She says, well, you know, most of my, uh, my interpretation over spirituality is just my impression mm-hmm. based on the card you pull. It's just a guide. Mm-hmm. But she said, you don't need tarot cards. You know, she said, you know, in the, in your heart, what's right and what's wrong, you know, what mm-hmm. feels good, what doesn't. And you have a certain intuition. We all have mm-hmm. that. Yeah, we all have and it. I don't believe that it's necessarily women's intuition. No, I just, it's just women human. Yeah, it's are human. trained to listen to their oh, intuition. That's true. I think men have it too. They just, it's a muscle. It's and a, exactly. Just, and that's what I, you know, I've been doing lately. I've been getting myself into just a relaxed state, taking deep breaths, whatever. And I, I try just to focus on what I need to know, you know, uh, whatever I need to know. I, I, I ask for it to be downloaded into my mind. Um, mm-hmm. Just focusing on, you know, I mean, and it's simple stuff like imagining I'm lying on the beach and the sun is is above and I, my body feels warm and that I'm taking in, you know, all the positive. And it's just for me, what it does is it gives me that sense of relaxation. It gives me a sense of comfort. And it's funny because and I'll have to tell you offline because I told this story on a patrons only show. But I had a vision um, a couple like last week or a couple weeks ago. And it was fucking crazy. It was the weirdest thing that ever happened to me in my life. And again, I'm not going to go into it right here because I went into it. But but when we end in a few minutes, I'll, I'll tell you what it was because it was fucking insane. And, um, <laughs> and it was I've never had a vision. You know, I mean, I've had psychic moments. I've had intuition. I you know, there were certain things in my life and, I've, and, and my mother had them. And, you know, and I've known I mean, it's so, so funny because Bob is famous it's like for he'll say something like he'll say hamburger with pickles or just something random and then on television someone right after him will go hamburger and pickles <laughs> it's like it happens all the fucking time he says something and then somebody on tv or whatever says exactly what he just said and it's just so funny to us because it happens often enough that we laugh about it and and he's had dreams where you know he thought that you know he had a dream something would happen and then it happened and he was like whoa um but to me, that is the most exciting part of life. The the mm-hmm. fact that there is something to it that we can't really see. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, but at the same time, I, I'm starting to realize that it's very important to um, focus on all the things that we need to focus on here. And I'm just going to end with it, it, watching all of these people. The, the The main thing that everybody said, because they claim that there's a life review, right? And in this life review... Th- 
every single person who commented on this had exactly the same thing to say that number one it was kind of about it, it was like each year you would go through each year of your life and the things that were highlighted were basically the little things so there was mm -hmm. this one and the thing is is you could not only so like when you hurt someone uh there was some girl who said she she was cruel as a little girl to like a boy in her class and so not only did she a witness herself do it in this life review um but she felt it all over again and then felt the little boy's point of view and understood yeah. what she did. And, and so, and everybody emphasizes that it is the little things, whether it's a smile that makes somebody who's having a bad day feel better. Um, you know, giving a homeless person money when you don't have a lot of money. It's, it's those kinds of things that make us uh, or, or that I guess that we judge ourselves because it's not according to them. It's not this, you know, scoldy God saying, look what you did. It's that you, that God is loving. The energy is loving and that you, your soul, whatever your awareness is watching what you did and kind of saying, all right, I, I didn't do a good job here, but I did a good job here and this really mattered and this is what's important and so you're the one who's judging and I just think you know obviously there's so much I was thinking about this weekend and I, I just want to say this to everybody listening because I imagine there might be some people that they, they think that's all a crock of shit and so mm -hmm. if that's the case that's fine I'm not asking you to believe I'm not looking for a debate on this this is you know personal journeys or personal journeys I'm just sharing this because I don't believe that anything here I'm saying is in any way going to harm anyone I think right. basically I'm just promoting being a good kind loving person <laughs> you know what I mean and and well, making exactly. that effort yeah, yeah. and so and I think it's also a universal there's a universal experience too because my daughter and I my grandson's having some issues in school um he's back after not having been in school for a while and he's having a little hard of a hard time navigating the social circumstance and mm -hmm. he is being bullied a little bit mm. and um we were talking about that and and Savannah and I, we were talking to him about it because one of his friends actually went over to the bully side, hmm. you know, well, that's and not, that's, it, that, that was very hard for him. Yes. And Savannah and I both shared with him experiences of when we were young, where we bullied somebody. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I've done us. it too. Yeah. Right. And you, and, and I said, we were talking to him and it's like, you know, it's, it's terrible it's not right. It's never right, but it's never about you. It's mm -hmm. always about that person mm -hmm. and their own insecurity. Mm -hmm. And I think he felt a little better. It was hard to tell. I mean, yeah. it's still, it's being bullied is just horrific and we're yeah. still dealing with it. But, but I think it is a universal experience that when you do badly, mm -hmm. you do look at that later and you kind of cringe and you mm -hmm. say to yourself, do better. I yeah. need to do better. Yeah. I, I mean, I absolutely, I was horrible to a teacher I had in Russia. Horrible. I, I look back on my actions and I was cruel and I was a fucking asshole. And why? I don't know. I just felt like it. And, you know, I feel like I, I had the opportunity. I found him just, you know, a couple of years ago. I found him and I sent him an email and I, I, I apologized to him and I told him, you know, that I didn't understand why I thought it was so funny to be cruel. And, he responded to me, which I didn't necessarily, I'm, I was glad he responded because then I knew he got my email 
And that's really what I wanted. I just wanted him to know I was 12. I was really horrible. And I'm very, very, very sorry. I didn't mm-hmm. need him to be friendly or nice to me, but he did uh, come back with, he was very sweet. And, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't just me. There were other kids who bullied him too. And we bullied him. We just, we were horrible mm-hmm. to him because we, we were under the impression that he came, he went to Russia on his own. I think, I think that he did. And I think that he met, uh, he met a woman over there, a Russian woman, and he married her. And, and all of us kids were so confused by this. Like, why would you come over here without, you know, a job making you do it? Why would you volunteer to come to this fucking place? And, you know, I mean, we were just idiots and we were 12 and so we were cruel and mean to him and I just like really stepped up <laughs> it's just like well I'm just gonna show everybody what a real fucking asshole I am <laughs> and you know <laughs> and and then I spent a long time just regretting it just feeling mm-hmm. horrible about it and I was grateful for the opportunity to apologize to him but I feel like okay if it's true if you do get a life review that's gonna come up for me <laughs> you know that and a couple other sure. things <laughs> sure well and it's a life lesson and I think yeah. everyone's got that moment and I think yes. that the difference between people who who are nobody's perfect nobody goes through their whole life a saint right you know you make mistakes and I think learning from your mistakes and and I don't mean yeah. oh I accidentally stepped on your foot I mean, <laughs> Right. The mistakes where you intentionally yes. hurt somebody yeah. on purpose. Yeah. You know, if you can't look back at that and go, ooh, cringe. Yeah, no, yeah. I need to do better. I need to be a better person mm-hmm. because that is just not who I am. Yeah. That's what changes you and what makes you into that. And it also makes you sympathetic. Like when, right. when we told like he was a little surprised by our by by his <laughs> mother telling him that story. Yeah. And she said, I've, I've always regretted it. And yeah. She said, but it, was, but it was not about the person that I bullied ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was always about me and my mm-hmm. own insecurities. And she said, I don't think that that's, I don't say that to make you feel better. I say that to let you know mm-hmm. what's going on. And he goes, well, it does kind of make me feel a little better. <laughs> I he is such a sweet kid. Aww. He was also watching Squid Game and they just had episode six. And at the end of episode six, my daughter was texting me at the time. And she goes, oh, wait, my son's in tears. Oh, <laughs> episode six of Squid Game apparently just pretty much undid him. <laughs> she was, I'm such a terrible mom. <laughs> wow. Well, anyway. you know, I mean, again, I just kind of want to say that, um, you know, most of the time on this show we focus on politics, but I, I think that this kind of all fits in because there, there is no there is absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to do better. And what, what this experience, one of the things I've taken away from listening to all these people is I absolutely want to go now. And I mean, I have, I do make the effort so many times and I've done this my whole life when I'm say out grocery shopping or something and I see somebody, you know, a man or a woman, whether they're wearing something I like or they smell good or whatever it is, I tell them, Oh, I love Mm -hmm. your shirt because I know Mm -hmm. that when people do that to me, it makes me feel good. And then when you are able, when you say something nice to someone else, it's extremely fulfilling to make someone feel happy. You know, mm-hmm. so there is absolutely a selfish reason to do it. But at the same time, it's like it's, it reverberates. It's like that kindness it kind of is catchy and I, you know it's there was paying this, it forward it yeah. is it's paying it forward and there was there was some woman that i saw the other day in the grocery store and i complimented the way she smelled because she she, I always do because like I love perfume and when I smell something I'm like "Mm, what's that what are you wearing and 
this woman was so taken aback that I complimented her. And, you know, I mean, I do it all the time. I used to sell perfumes. So for me, right. it's like when I smell a scent that I like, I always want to know what it is. I want to see if it smells good on me. And it's like, it was just so funny because she was literally like, she put her hand to her chest, like, oh my, and j- because I complimented <laughs> her and how good she smelled. And, um, you know, and it, 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 ma- it makes a difference. You know, you could be having a shitty day, but then some stranger comes up to you and tells you, wow, you, you know, and I'm not talking about men telling you to smile or, you know, checking out your boobs and saying hot body, not that kind of shit. I'm just talking about a genuine friendly compliment to somebody that you don't know for no good, for no reason, just for doing it. And Mm -hmm. it, it really makes a difference. And it's like one of the things I've done this before, but I am, I absolutely solidified the idea that in December I'm going to, and I might even do a a, a fundraiser for it. Um, But there are these videos online that for like $20, you can create backpacks that you can give out to homeless people that include things that a lot of people wouldn't think that people who are homeless need, whether it's socks or, you know, just different kinds of things. And you just go to YouTube and say like homeless backpack. And you mm-hmm. can go to a dollar store and you could buy food and, and just buy stuff for them. And I, I would want to maybe put some gift cards in there, but I'd have to do a GoFundMe for that. But um, but still, it's like I want to do that again. I want to go out and, and touch other people's lives because it does make a difference. So mm-hmm. I, that's why I just wanted to say that I know not everybody buys into near death and, and all this kind of thing. And I'm not asking you to, all I'm asking is just to understand that my whole point is we all could do better. We all mm-hmm. could be more loving to each other in the most simplest ways, because evidently if it's true, those are the ways that matter absolutely the most. So um, just have to end with that. <laughs> but yeah. um, I'm so grateful that you, and, and I, you know what, I didn't say this at the beginning, beginning of the show, but we are taping this on Sunday. So in case anything major happens tomorrow, we're totally <laughs> missing it. <laughs> now what could possibly happen on a monday come on kimberly <laughs> but anyway i just want to say once again thank you amanda and then uh please tell us where we can find you um twitter my twitter handle which i'm not on twitter a lot anymore is um at amanda so so okay and um, what is my Patreon? <laughs> you know what? You'll put it in the. You'll, we'll, I will, I will link, link it to I Patreon. <laughs> okay, I will link it in the Patreon description. And of course, you can find me on Twitter, author Kimberly K I M B E R L E Y. Don't forget that extra E. My books are on Amazon. It'd be great if you buy them and review them. Thank you, Amanda, and we will talk again. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs>